Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Welcome to TC Live. Half hours to get you caught up on all the big stories in the tennis world. Highlights, interviews, a little red dirt redemption perhaps for Rafa Nadal. Our two analysts will break it down. Jimmy Arias, Paul Anacone going head-to-head day two of tennis trivia as we bring you into our Santa Monica studios. There's Jimmy, there's Paul, I'm Steve. A lot to get to today. Paul, you were just calling that match. How about Seb Porta had a couple of match points, could not close it, and Bedenay, in that tie break, he needed multiple match points as well. It was just one of those matches where there's so many changes of momentum. Um, Jimmy, you even mentioned a Corda in the second set, totally dominant, just overpowered him. First set was a little bit of a chess match, and then the third set, Corda had it on his racket from the middle of the set on. 5-4-40-15 serving, anything can happen. Corda finally sort of showed his age this year. Bit, he's played yeah. so well. He's been so composed in all the matches at big moments, and all of a sudden today sort of fell apart. And the one shot that's always caused him a little trouble is the forehand. Mm. It has improved a lot, but it sort a of broke. Of big times At today. the end today, it sort of broke down a little bit. First time he's ever lost a first-round match this year. We'll have full highlights later on TC Live, but first, they did not play in Stuttgart last year, so the last time they did, it was Petra Kvitova who took the title. The most recent of her five clay court titles coming in Germany. Beat some big names to get the title in Stuttgart, so comes back as the defending champ. Highly anticipated first round affair against Jen Brady. Two top 15 players. Close match early on, Paul. We were calling it. Brady got a couple of break points. But at 4-5, it was Kvitova that took charge. Uh, this was the game right here. Kvitova just went all out, hitting winners. Started to play that power tennis. Really did a great job. Serve plus one. And Jim Brady had those early chances, like you mentioned, Steve, but really couldn't stay with the power of Kvitova. She was hitting flat through the court and really setting things up extremely well with wide serves just like that. And then the plus one, the big forehand, so hard to run the ball down. A comprehensive victory, really did a nice job. And uh, was really impressive. Jen fought hard, but just couldn't get through. It's those three cars back there. Jimmy Arias drives in one of those every day. <laughs> Straight sets for Kvitova. Let's hear from her after. I watched you from up there, and you seem to have the spirit and the energy of a 20-year-old girl. How do you do that? <laughs> Thank you. Um, well, I don't know. I think it just brings the energy to step on this court. And, uh, you know, I left uh, two years ago with a trophy from here, and I was just unbelievable feeling up, up here. And, um, yeah, playing indoor, it's my favorite as well. And, uh, yeah, it's play, It's a little bit slippery. But uh, on the other hand, I mean, for everybody, it's the same. And uh, I just try to keep the going with my aggressive game plan. I mean, this tournament is so stacked. Kvitova also said afterwards she thought this was like a quarterfinal or a semifinal, a couple of top 15 players. She had 27 winners in this match. Indoor clay really suits her well. Look, she, any court suits her well because she hits <laughs> the ball so big, serves so big, and when she's on her game. I don't know, Jen Brady, every highlight I saw, I didn't see the match as you guys did, but hitting kick serves to the forehand, and they were just getting munched. Were those second serves, or was that a strategy for 
for Jen coming in, or did she use the slice she, she out wide? She mixed it up while, while you were sleeping. She was yes, actually hitting I did kicks. So, yeah. I did she, take a nap. <laughs> thank you for mentioning that. <laughs> no, she was trying to use that as strategy because, look, when you play Kvitova, you want to get the ball up and away. But if it sits a little bit, you see what she can do with it, flatten through the court, and she made Jen pay the price. Third straight loss for Jen Brady after making the final in Australia for Petra Kvitova. She's got Maria Sakri up next, 2-2 head-to-head. Meantime, let's go to Barcelona. Smells like teen spirit. 19-year-old Italian Yannick Sinner, first Italian teenager to break into the top 20, taking on Igor Yurasimov, Jimmy. And, and it, this one would go for the team. Yeah, he, he does it with huge forehands and huge backhands, to be honest. He has power off both wings, moves well, and on top of that, mentally. He's very strong. He's very calm. He's very relaxed throughout matches. He's got the attitude of, I'm still just trying to get better and better. He's not surprised. It's not where he wants to end up. He's got the kind of record at his age that you sort of think of with Djokovic, Nadal, Murray, those guys. That's the path that he seems to be on right now. He's got the power. He's got the touch. His opponent helped him out today with seven double faults. Didn't play particularly well. but. In the end, Sinner wasn't even that happy with the way he played, and he won very comfortably. So he's obviously a great player. Speaking of teenagers, Carlos Alcaraz, youngest player in the top 200, taking on Francis Tiafo, Paul. And this one was a big win for Francis Tiafo, taking out a 17-year-old who has a lot of height. Yeah, very impressive. I thought this was going to be problematic. Tiafo, the more solid player the first set, really mature shot selection choices. Francis got off to a good start, closed out the first set really with percentage tennis. Different story the second set was down a break and Alcaraz was starting to dictate play from the back of the court. Right here everything changed. Tiafo breaks back, gets on serve, really did a nice job recomposing himself and it was the young teenager that showed his age. This is a tough match for Tiafo to play. He's older, he's supposed to win, but everyone's been talking about the young Spaniard. And Francis said, wait a second, guys, not quite yet. Don't forget about me. I'm still getting better. I actually think Francis is an amazing clay court. I think he's a great player, period. He's had difficult draws this year because his ranking has dropped and he played such a great match in Australia against Djokovic. He's on his way. I think he's starting to mentally get a little bit stronger. This match was interesting because the first set, Alcaraz was trying to out-hit him. And... Francis was too quick, took it a little bit earlier, was doing a great job. And then all of a sudden, the youngsters started hitting heavy to the backhand, and Francis's backhand started breaking down a little bit. He was able to figure it out at the end, got a little bit of help, as you said, from the youngster. Managed to get through it, a good win for him. And you're right, a lot of pressure on Francis for that match, and he came through in the most important moments. He's getting more disciplined, Francis, really making some good choices on the court. What does he have to do to beat Diego Schwartzman? That's going to be, it's going to be a different story because Schwartzman's so good on the return of serve, right? Every first or serve you miss, you get penalized for because he's so good on the second. I think Francis has to be even more disciplined. He's got to go down the line early in rallies. In typical clay court patterns, look, Schwartzman's been top 10 in the world for a reason. He's the second best return game player on tour, according to stats. So it's going to be one of those matches that Francis can win, just got to play really high. Looking forward to it. Two guys that know each other well, they're good friends, have never played before on the ATP Tour. Francis Tiafo, Diego Schwartzman tomorrow. Meantime, the match you just saw in Belgrade, Sebastian Korda, 20-year-old American taking on Aliash Bedene.
It was Bednay that took the first hit, but then it was all Sebi Corda in the second. This is what I call a roller coaster ride, gang. Sebi Corda was so impressive. Second set, 6-1, punishing the ball, standing up inside the baseline. Third set was a little bit more of a chess match. Corda up here, 4-3. The break holds for 5-3. And, yep, that is 5-4, 40-15. Have a look if you did are crazy. That's the error on one match point. And here's the second one right here at 5-4. The long forehand that Jimmy mentioned. That's the side that once in a while breaks down. And right here, guess what? Bednay match point. 5-6, his ad coming back from 40 love down. And what happens? Porta plays a nice, patient point, and Bednay cannot keep it going. So the only way for a match like this to finish very fittingly is a tie break. Bednay gets a huge lead. Corda fights his way all the way back in. And I'm exhausted from watching that match. Well, you should be exhausted because Paul was literally running back and forth from the, the studio to, to the, the studio. <laughs> I got to put my running shoes yeah, no, on. That was quite a workout. Congratulations. <laughs> I can see that again. Jimmy, you were saying while we were watching this match, Seb Corda's been playing like a top 20 player this year. And in fact, according to the ranking points, He's 21 in the I race was, to turn. I was wrong. He's You're playing off like one, a top, top 21. 21 player. But now he's <laughs> going to drop a little bit as well. Look, the improvement from him, because I've seen him for the last three years while I've been at IMG, practices there when, in, when he's not playing tournaments with his father most of the time, sometimes with the groups. And I thought there were too many holes in his game two years ago. Movement, forehand, second serve. They've all gotten way better. And the forehand was a... Finally, it broke down a little bit today, we saw, but nothing else is breaking down. He hits the ball so clean. Just, I don't know what it is about Cordas. When they strike a ball, whether it's golf, golf or tennis, or tennis I'm not matter. kidding. The ball goes further than you think and, and faster, faster than right. you think. You don't even see racket <laughs> head speed, and the ball just shoots off the racket. It's like some sort of magic trick. Dad was like that, too, when I, he played. He was. But, but Mom's the technician. Mom, Mom taught Sebi how to do everything so clean. It's fun watching him play. It was interesting. We're talking about this uh, off camera about the fact that a lot of the young players, even the tall guys, struggle with hitting serving targets. And at six foot five, that's one of the things that Seb's got to get a little better at. The forehand has shored up just a little bit. The serving thing for me is a little bit puzzling because he's 6'5", has a great motion, but the targets aren't quite there. Sinner's the same way. He doesn't hit targets great. Neither does OJ Aliasim. So perhaps that's something the young folks can work on. It's the only time you can control the point, right? So yeah, start hit your target. the edge, exactly. You know what happens from a loss? You learn from there it. There you go. And you come back even stronger. That's what we accept from Seb Corda. This is what we have for you tomorrow. Wednesday Center Court Tennis Channel. And you got to have TC Plus. Buy TCPlus.com so you can watch all of these matches. Jimmy, which one catches your attention? I guess I want to see Diego Schwartzman and Foe. I think that's going to be the most interesting match. And Ken, I was going to ask Paul, can Francis come in on the second serve like he did he a few needs times? To. Yeah, yeah, he should. Up the middle. Yeah. Big up the middle. And for me, I am going with Rafa Nadal. I heard he's pretty good on clay. I'm not sure I want him to prove it this week. I want to see Ken and Contivate. There you go. That's a good one. I, I, I like That'd that matchup. All, the, all those matches in Germany are good. Once again, got to get yourself Tennis Channel Plus so you can watch every match whenever you want to. Later on TC Live, Paul and Jimmy going head-to-head -head for some trivia. There was a little controversy he yesterday. Was <laughs> he was whining all day yesterday. Today it's different. <laughs> we all want to see Rafa, the Red Dirt Redemption for Nadal. Can he get his 12th title in Barcelona on a court that bears his name? You're watching TC Live.
Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. The hair may change, but the game stays the same. A record 11 titles in Barcelona for Rafa Nadal. 61-4 and at the famous club. In fact, when he steps on that court, it is a surface that bears his name. And the King of Clay looking forward to reigning once again in Barcelona. I always felt comfortable playing here, no? And it's true that I felt comfortable playing on this part of the season on clay. I always had good results, no? And this, this tournament haven't been an exception, so I enjoyed uh, plenty of positive moments playing here in Spain in front of my crowd. Always have been uh, very special, so excited to, to be back here and looking forward to, to play again in front of some crowd. So you heard from Rafa Nadal there, lost in Monte Carlo. But the loss, Rafa said, was a bit surprising because he says when you're not feeling great, playing bad seems illogical. But he was surprised because he was practicing really well. What do you expect to see in Barcelona? I expect him to continue practicing well and then also playing pretty well when he gets into the matches. His serve was a bit of a concern, obviously, in Monte Carlo, throwing in a lot of double faults, not making first serves. He's not accustomed to that, and as he said, he was practicing well, so he doesn't understand exactly mm. what happens. But he also said he's made the adjustments, he's improved. We'll see. He's got a pretty good chance tomorrow. He's not playing Rublev, so I like his chances. Having said that, it must be somewhat difficult to play on a court that you're, that's named after you. If you lose on your own court, something's not quite right. So. <laughs> I never played on the uh, stadium gym, gym area, no? and we I'm pretty sure I would have struggled had it, had it been out there. <laughs> Look, I think Nadal is so great on the clay. Every once in a while, there's an aberration and you have a loss. But when you're 447 and 41 on clay, it's pretty good. 91 percent, 59 titles. The guy is amazing on clay. He is a repetition player, so he needs a few reps in. I have to admit that Monte Carlo was a little bit of a strange thing because it wasn't first round. You know, he had played and his rhythm looked okay, beat Grigor pretty comfortably, but he really did not play well at all against Rublev. It was the serve, it was other things. But, you know, when Rafa's playing and has one little hiccup, he generally comes back pretty strong, and I will be surprised if he's not playing on the weekend. And certainly the draw looks good for Rafa Nadal in Barcelona as he goes for another title, number 12. Got Ilya Ivashka, second round match, potentially Christian Garin, third round. We'll see. This is a guy who's won a clay court title prior to Roland Garros 12 of the 13 times, Jimmy, that he has taken the title in Paris. How important do you think that is for Rafa to get a clay court title before Paris? I mean, obviously, he gets the clay court title before Paris because he always wins on clay. I don't know how important it is. He has won one Roland Garros without winning any lead-up tournament, so obviously he can do it. He's just a great clay court player. That draw does look pretty nice from Green, a great clay court player. The rest of that section, I don't see anyone that really has it any hope. Not that Green has huge hope either, really. Yeah, no, it, it, look, it's tough, but there's two different elements, right? You asked how important is it to win a, a tournament leading into Roland Garros for Rafa. He's won Roland Garros once without doing that, but to beat Rafa two out of three uh, on, on clay is, is a, an accomplishment. To do it three out of five on red clay is close to a miracle. 
I mean, the guy is unbelievable in three out of five sets. I think it's the most difficult thing in sports to beat Rafa Nadal three out of five sets on red clay. And uh, I, I don't actually think he needs to win any of these tournaments. Were you coaching Roger during his matches with? One. 2011, he lost to him four sets in the finals, had a set point, 5-2 in the first set. Lost the first set and then a tie break in the second, won the third. That was the first year with the did, faster balls. Roger actually had a good chance that Did year. you ever tell him to, I just was curious, if he'd serve very wide in the deuce court, serve and volley a couple times. Was that strategy ever mentioned or no? I just wanted to see what Rafa would do. Because Roger would serve and volley sometimes against him, but it would be in the ad court down the tee, and it drove me nuts when I would commentate the match. Well, that's, that's the hardest thing, right? There's the illusion that you have a lot of space there, and you're right, there is some space. But with Rafa, what you think is this big is really this big. I agree with you. I think it should be something that should be implemented as a rhythm breaker. But guess what? No one serves in volleys now at all. I know. So he doesn't have to worry about that. Many strategies have been employed. Many strategies <laughs> have, have failed, failed yeah, against exactly. Rafa Nadal on this surface. And uh, perhaps on Sunday afternoon, we will see this for the 12th time. Nadal diving into the pool at the club in Barcelona with the kids. <laughs> Much more still to come here on TC Live. Steve, Jimmy, Paul back with you on TC Live. That's 23-year-old Russian Veronika Kudermatova. Won her first title in Charleston. Taking the Volvo car open. Didn't drop a set all week. Had wins over Sloane Stephens, Paula Bedosa, Donka Kovinic in the final. She's the top-ranked Russian woman in the world now. And playing in Istanbul against Bernarda Pera, Jimmy Pera converted one more break point, but she struggled with 10 double faults, and Kuder Matova was able to take this in three. She didn't go in straight sets in this one. You're right, she struggled throughout this match, and here's sort of an interesting little point, serving to stay in the match. Hits that middle ball, almost touches the net. The lob goes over her head. She sees a mark that she shores out. The umpire disagrees. I, I don't know how it left much of a mark. She gets her phone, which is illegal. You're not allowed to take your phone out, actually, as a player, and took a picture. She did get a warning for that. But she could find, too. I don't know if she got fine, but she got a warning. And then not such and she a got nice a win. handshake at the end, but she got a win <laughs> in a tie break in the final set. You got to document that. They didn't have the Fox 10 real bounce technology in Istanbul like they had at the Volvo car open. Bob Moran and the team, always uh, out in front of everybody. Nonetheless, Veronica Kudermatova, top-ranked Russian woman, 29 in the world. She gets the victory. Let's go back to the guys in Barcelona. 7 seed Denis Shapovalov opened up his clay court campaign against Jeremy Chardy, Jimmy. And Shapovalov has said he's going to change his return of serve for the clay court season. He went three feet further back, wanted to hit up a little bit first, get some depth and then reposition himself forward. And it actually worked really well in this match. He broke serve, I believe, five times in the end. He was winning a lot of the baseline rallies. He still has the propensity to throw in a couple of double faults. Um, he's not always hitting his spots on the serve. It seems as though a lot of times he's serving when he gets nervous to the forehand. And Shardy ended up catching that and catching him with a few forehand return winners to get some breaks of serve. But in the end, Shapovalov just a little too strong, a little too solid, and did return serve very well. He's very good once he gets to even in the point because his ground strokes off both wings are huge. Now we got Lorenzo Musetti, Paul. 12 career wins. Feliciano Lopez, 21 wins at this event. His 20th tournament appearance here. 
but it was the youngster coming through. Yeah, do not uh, go to sleep on Musetti. Look at the talent right here. Beautiful one-handed backhand. We first saw him, or I did, last year around this time. This kid is incredibly talented. A little Gasquet-esh with his one-hander. Plays extremely aggressively with the looper, Jimmy, on the forehand. You remember those old days. You used to do this. The heavy forehand. Really aggressive. Good footwork. I love what he does on a tennis court. Um, not quite so comfortable at the net and uh, had a really good win against Feli Lopez. And look, it's tough. Feli's got a, a tough gig. He's now got to put his rackets away and go be tournament director in Madrid. <laughs> Give himself busy. a good draw, a wild card. It's just great for busy, tournament yeah, directors. Absolutely. Lorenzo Musetti, 16 winners in that match. He's got Felix Auger-Aliassime next, Jimmy. How do you oh, see that one playing on. out? I see that one being very nervous for old Felix. He's got all kinds of different pressures. First of all, he's always been the young guy chasing the big guns. All of a sudden, he's playing a guy much younger than him. He's got an Nadal in his camp coaching him, so he's supposed to win on clay. And Musetti's dangerous. Musetti's got feel. Musetti's got a lot of game, and he's got a little bit of swagger as well. And one thing about Felix is... He will give you the occasional service break. Just two double faults and two first ball errors. Here you go. You've got a break lead. It's difficult to get by with that against very good players. Right. Looking forward to that one. Musetti and FAA. All right. Time to enter the social net. It is a happy birthday. Guess who's 24 years old already? Sasha Zverev, Paul. 24. That used to be almost <laughs> halfway through your career. Now he hasn't basically even started. He's got about 20 more years left, and it's been a... Quite a great first few years for him. Still that elusive first major, but he's going to get there, I think. Happy birthday. Got, gotten to a final. He's got 14 titles to his name already. Naomi Osaka, she is getting ready for the clay court season. Jimmy has never been past the third round at Roland Garros. How far does she go this year? I think she can get to the third round of a green clay court tournament because she's practicing on hard true, not on red clay right now, but she is working on sliding. She really should more work continue to work on just controlling every point because she's so powerful when she plays. There's no reason for it to be run side to side like you're watching her right now. <laughs> she's getting to the second week in Paris. You heard it here first. I right. agree. Osaka's going to get it done. And Ooh. then, Paul, look at Novak Djokovic. Oh, I like the pose afterwards. A little hoops for the great man. I love that. Well, what I, what I think is interesting is that it actually took six hours to film this. He took 700 <laughs> shots, and he's showing the three that he made. With very little defensive pressure, by the way, whoever's defending him. Having said that, this last shot you're about to see, you see him is Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic. And it was, we didn't show you. because Nikola was, Jokic is actually the Serbian, though. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, either one. They're, they're, they're from Eastern Europe. Uh, and a lot of great. <laughs> they're they are both great, just like Novak. Istanbul, Barcelona, Belgrade, Stuttgart. It continues all week right here on Tennis Channel. Back on TC Live after this. Back on Tennis Channel Live, it is that time. Tennis Channel Trivia. Paul, we're going to come to you first on this one. Which Tennis Channel commentator has the most combined Stuttgart titles? Is it Tracy Austin, Lindsay Davenport, Chanda Rubin, or Martina Navratilova? These are four of my favorite players on the planet. <laughs> I'm going to go with Tracy Austin. Okay, and Jimmy, what do you say? I think they're all equal. They're all tight. No. Uh <laughs> I think I will, because Martina's won the most titles, maybe she's won the most in Stuttgart, too. 
Jimmy is 2-0. Yes. It is Martina Navratilova. Let's take a look at just how many titles she has won. Paul, you weren't close behind with Tracy. Uh, Four well, singles, one doubles. I had to let Jimmy win today. After all of the, the whining yesterday, I could not get it right and not let him win. Six for LD, three singles, three doubles. Chanda wow. coming in with that dubs title. And then, I like it. How about the GOAT, Martina? 14 titles, six in singles That's and eight in doubles. That's unreal. That is unreal. Unreal. Jimmy, you I just went with math. Simple math. She's, she's won everything she's more than anybody right. else. There you blah, go. Blah, blah, blah. There you go. <laughs> you're how, you're how way many, out in front. How many Porsches is that? Does she, you get one it's for 26 just, Porsches. Oh, between all of them. Yeah, check out the lot. It's, it's like here in garage. Santa Monica. It's like, no, garage, it's like Jimmy's garage. Like Steve Wiseman's garage, baby. <laughs> a lot of free. Everybody gets a free car in Stuttgart. <laughs> uh, here's the lineup of action. Center court tomorrow. Let, let's pick another match, Paul. Again, we got. You know what? I'm going to go something a little different. I want to see Ash Barty because like I love how she plays on clay. Variety slices, volleys. I love watching Ash play. I guess we might as well go with Sissipas and see if he can continue after his first Masters 1000 win in Monte Carlo. Can he keep it going? I like who that. Who you got? Who do you have, Steve? Who do I have? I, I told you. I, well, I, you you pick another one. You have to pick a different one. Right, I want to see Rafa. I want to see Rafa. I want to see Rafa responds. Djokovic is going to be unhappy because no one picked him on any. We, we picked <laughs> I every match to on Nikola that Jokic that, today. Yeah, that's true. You did. <laughs> Got a lot of love. He's a baller shot caller. So are you guys. For Paul, Jimmy, our entire Tennis Channel team, I'm Steve Weissman. Thanks for watching TC Live. The coverage continues right here. You're home for all the action.